And hello, hello, welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It is Zach and Alex back with you to talk about the weekend of racing that we had. Well, kind of the weekend of racing, because it really wasn't a weekend of racing. It was a weekend and a Monday of racing, unfortunately. Um, yes. Or fortunately, depending on how you see it. Um, we had a great IndyCar race at Barber Motorsports Park on Saturday. Or Yes, wait, Sunday. What? No, Sunday. I'm like, is, it was hey, not Saturday. I'm all messed up, apparently. Apparently that race was yesterday. I'm just trying to forget about it, because it was a great race. It's not great for me on fantasy. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Scott McLaughlin versus Roman Grosjean, part two. Um, we will talk about NASCAR at Dover that happened today, Monday. It's like the third Dover race to be rained out on a Monday in the last, like, five years, I think. Because, what, 2019, 2021, or, 20, sorry, 2022, 2023. Uh, I feel like I have not sat down on a Dover race in years. And then there was that one time, it was during one, the Indy 500, remember? 2020? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... Yep. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. I don't get to watch Dover, Dover apparently. Dover. Yeah, apparently. Um, we have some really interesting tea, actually. This is a really good segment of tea. Um, we're going to talk about F1 at Baku. They had a lot of weird stuff going on with their uh, their format, because they, they keep changing stuff. They're having their 2010 NASCAR era. Um, we're going to talk about the new IndyCar reality show. We're going to talk about a Josh Berry rumor and where he might just be going. Um you know, to a team that's not Hendrick Motorsports, and Landon Castle tweeted, and he tweeted something that I don't really agree with, and we're gonna, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of open that up a little bit, and it was I'm something very to, uh, versatile, yeah. let's say the least. Yeah, uh, it's just something I don't agree with. So yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Um, so let's go ahead. Um, before we get started with IndyCar at Barber, Alex, it's the month of May, and you have a you have a really special announcement to make to the Gay Racing Podcast listeners. I do. It is the month of May, favorite month of the year as a race fan. Uh, first of all, I will be at Kansas for the NASCAR race this weekend. So very excited for that. I'll be meeting up with Jackson and uh, my friend Kyle, who's helped out with podcast stuff in the past, will be coming to visit. That'll be fun. And also, uh, I have not said this to anyone besides like five people, but I'm going to the Indianapolis 500 this year. And I am so excited. Woo! <laughs> And if you're going to be there, like, tweet at me, message me, whatever. I want to meet people. I want to try doing, like, a Twitter meetup of some kind with people. The I tweet up. I don't know how we the should GRP do that. The GRP tweet up. Yeah, the GRP tweet up. But, uh, Put me on FaceTime. Also, <laughs> yeah. Get you on FaceTime again. Yeah. Like, we did a Kansas one time. Also, uh, I'll be posting this on our social media channels. Uh, Cassie at Mama G Force on Twitter made us little pins that have the gay racing podcast logo on it yeah. and if you see me at kansas or indy or another race later in the year probably st louis um you'll be able to get a little pin yeah. that has our little logo like on the it. button looking pins. so thanks not to like, cassie not like a pin yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can sign your name with <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yo. yeah that would be kind of fire though <laughs> It would. Signing, Maybe that's next. I'd be right. No, I'd be writing at my job with my gay racing podcast pen. I'm just sitting with the <laughs> little rainbows on it. <laughs> but um, oh. yeah, Cassie, thank you so much for the pins. I'm I don't have one yet, but I'm gonna get one eventually. Um, from Alex. So thank you. They look awesome. Yeah. They're so cute. And hopefully you They're guys so can cute. find Alex at the racetrack. Um, I suggest being like Alex, Alex for the gay racing podcast. I suggest yelling for him like that to get his attention so that you can get one of those awesome pins. Limited edition pins. 
So, you know. Please do not do that. Oh my god, Bestie! What's up? Oh my That'll god. be Joseph Newgarden I mean, seeing you, you. Being like, I want to get yeah, your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, if you see me at Kansas this weekend or at Indy in May or Gateway in August, I, pl- I haven't bought tickets for that yet, but I plan on being there. Um, yeah. yeah. I ha- I'll have a ton. There's probably like, Cassie made like 50, maybe 40, maybe 30. I don't know. There's a lot. Math is hard. So if you want one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you want one, let, let us know. That's but other awesome. than that, I'm ready to get started with this week's episode. Yeah, me too. Um, You're in so many races this year. I don't even know if I'm going to a race this year, to be honest. I don't know the last time that's happened where I just didn't go to a race. I, I, I tried getting you to go to you did. Richmond with me, but you didn't want me to go you, out there. So I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay. I Yeah. I'm I'm going to... No, you... Yeah. I could have even you probably wanted, tagged along you wanted, for Indy. I just... This year's been so crazy yeah. starting my career, and I'm just, like, tired. You just wanted to chill over the summer. I it's do. It's cool. But I'll get out there eventually. Um, yeah. Once I settle into my but, room. Um, but... So, IndyCar at Barber. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, what the most... Let's just talk about how, you know, IndyCar's had four races so far this season. And Ooh. they have been four for four in terms of just banger races, pure entertainment. Little complaints. Little complaints, right? Mostly compliments. That is yep. impressive. Strongest start to a season ever. And I don't even want to just, you know, have that for IndyCar. I mean, what... What motorsport these days can have a start to a season like that without negativity? I I, I don't, don't think there's a motorsport out there. Maybe EMSA, but EMSA races like once a month. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just, IndyCar. God, man, I find it so impressive. Season. And I think that's... Well, even IMSA, though, like, you look back at the Rolex and all these cars are having, like, mechanical failures and stuff. And it's like, that could be kind of seen as a negative. My thing is, like... Is IndyCar able to do this because of their consistency? Like, we talk about, you know, the changing of the rules all the time in, like, F1 and NASCAR, and we're going to talk about it later, but, like, I almost wonder if IndyCar's pure just consistency lets them have this success. And I think, you know, some would argue that you need to change up your sport to make it interesting, but I think IndyCar's kind of an argument that, no, you don't need to constantly change up your sport. IndyCar's formula is great. I think you think about the last few years, the only really big changes they've made is the arrow screen, right? Like, to the cars? Like, what other yeah. big rule changes have they really made? Like, you know? Not many. And I think it lets yeah, these drivers this, this... shine, lets mm-hmm. the integrity not be questioned at all, and we get to see really just good classic racing that takes place in under two hours. You know? I love it. And, you know, that has been seen as, like, a of criticism from some drivers i know alexander rossi has said hey we should get a new car we've had this for about a decade but i no i don't agree you don't because this car is producing amazing racing don't know change the car if you don't need to f1 f1 as well i know they the car wasn't great before but these new regulations hasn't been as good over than f1 either oh my god it's like why change what isn't broken I mean, look at nascar they changed their car for safety which obviously if you have to change it for safety do it but it's like the racing was considerably not as successful or not as, you know, entertaining. It's like, this is a really good era of IndyCar. And if you're not trying to fix something, if you're changing the car for no reason, I mean, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect car, I guess. Yeah. Like, I guess something, some, I don't know. After Texas, I don't even know if the oval package needs <laughs> to be fixed, though. And it's like, 
you know, there's probably, I don't, there's no reason I would want a new IndyCar. I think it looks great. It looks fine. It looks fast. It looks like what an IndyCar should mm-hmm. look like. I don't, you know, so that's just my takeaway from having these four, you know, this 100% success rate with these races, right? And it's, for sure. Exi- we're going into the month of May now, right? We got the IndyGP in two weeks, then the 500. This is exactly what they've, it's a perfect setup for the, for the Indianapolis yep. 500. So, We'll have to keep huge wave of momentum yeah. for IndyCar. And by the way, the St. Pete had the record broken for most attendance. Long Beach had their most amount of people there since 2008. Texas was a little bit better. I know Texas and Ovals are a little rocky with attendance, but it was better yeah. than it has been. And Barber set a new record for attendance at for IndyCar. So things are looking up. And you know what? Well, this is all off the track, of course, but IndyCar, they've... 60% increase in marketing this year. Their social media is actually like really good now, I feel. And I don't know, like I have no complaints. Like, you know, we're going to talk about the little rule they do with yellow flags and waiting and stuff like that's like my one flaw. That's I think, one with the thing rating. that and doesn't like, even that, happen every week. Not right. Like, that's just kind of like we need to talk about it. But that's like that's the worst thing I have to say about your series. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like you're blowing everyone else out of the water right now. And there are these storylines. I mean, let's go ahead and talk about Scott McLaughlin versus Roman Grosjean because yeah. they've had a storyline since St. Pete, right? When they were battling for the read. Or the, what in the world did I just say? The lead? <laughs> <laughs> After a green flag stop um, at St. Pete and they ended up wrecking. And they were found in very similar situations at Barber. And we saw... More aggression from Roman Grosjean. It wasn't like, you know, malicious aggression towards just Scott McLaughlin. It was just, you know, normal Roman Grosjean things. But, Alex, we were texting, and, like, it was the perfect kind of battle between them. Roman used the perfect amount of aggression, and it was just a quality battle. And, of course, they were me and Alex. This is painful. You say it, Alex. I can't say it. If you listen to last week's episode... And you watch, listen, listen to the whole way through. We picked the same driver three times. And then on the fourth pick, I picked Scott, Scott McLaughlin and Zach picked Roman Grosjean to win the race. And of course, that's how the race went out. It was fate, Zach. Like, that's just like destiny happening for us, truly. That was one of like, the most painful losses of in GRP fantasy history. Let me just tell you right now. What are the odds of that, though? Like, First of all, we picked the same driver three times, and then we picked the two drivers on our fourth attempt. I know. I would have been fine battle. if it was Pato versus um, Pato versus Alex Pillow for like third. I would have been fine. That's fine. Yeah. Because this hasn't happened much where we have two drivers fighting for the win. I don't know if that's really ever happened. To be honest, it's been it's like, happened a couple times, but not like this. Not like, the this end, was though. like tooth know. and nail. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Man, but yeah, our fantasy, I now have a eight-point lead. You still have zero points. That doesn't mean you're so not trying. Cool. You you had you picked the dominant I picked cover. a good guy. I mean, I'm picking good. I'm making good picks. Now. I didn't make you a are. good pick at Texas, but like ugh, whatever. Like but yeah, like it's just but back to you know Scott and Roman, I mean seeing that storyline of them and seeing them kind of battle it out with they still have respect for each other, obviously on the track, but I mean, it was still heated, right? Like, Roman did get his kind of... He got sure. his elbows out. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, it was just, again, it's a storyline that we're going to keep following throughout the year. It is kind of a rivalry a little bit, even if it's not a traditional yeah. one. But And, you know, when Roman made that pass, and they made, made very slight contact, like, that was as close as you could possibly get it without wrecking. Yeah. So impressive for Roman Grosjean. I, a lot of respect gained for him there. And then Scott McLaughlin chased him back down. Like, he didn't, you know, let that get in his head, like, oh, the race is over, you know, like, whatever. He buckled back down and went back after him and took the lead back. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. And Grosjean, he, it seemed that he burnt through all of his push to pass, and he made it sound like he thought that he, he was should very have had more. I wonder. It. Yeah, he was very confused yeah. about why he didn't have more, and I wonder if he accidentally hit the button or something, or is that something? Like, do you have to do face yeah, ID or... before you use push, push <laughs> the pass? <laughs> like... Or did or did he, like, have a mechanical issue where it just, like, burnt all the way through? Uh, I wonder. I thought he, like, burnt through his tires while chasing down Scott is what happened. Yeah. But it does seem that he ran out of push to pass. It, might, it was probably both, quite frankly. They showed it on but, NBC. They showed that he had, like, none left. So... Yeah. But at, like, 10 laps prior, he had, like, 138 seconds left. Like, it was bizarre. He it must was, have like, accidentally oh my hit gosh, the he button went through or all something. Of it. Or just, like, was in the something heat of happened. that battle with him and just used it all without realizing, which I don't know if that's something that's I, easy to do. It, that'd be a good I could question. See that happening. That'd be a really good question for an IndyCar driver, actually. Like, yeah. Do you just accidentally use way too much? I could see myself doing that on, like, you know, an IndyCar video game, for example. Not that that exists. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I could see yeah. myself accidentally burning through my push the pass or something. So. Yeah. But man, this was such a fun battle. Just as fun as St. Pete was when they crashed. Yeah. And you mentioned their rivalry. They came in in the same season. They're both in their third year now. And one's a former F1 driver. One's the former super Australian supercar champion three times, two times, whatever it was. Yeah. And just incredible talents. And now they're going head to head in IndyCar. Like you can't script that. Like that's IndyCar so cool, man. It so is cool. cool. Yeah, they are IndyCar. very in very similar situations of their career right now. And I think both of them had some mental blocks to get over with coming to, you know, a new a newish discipline and more on Roman right now, I think his mental kind of battle with, you know, he still can't get this win. Like he's gotten yeah. second how many times this year? Two two weeks in a row or two races in a row. Mm-hmm. Um probably could have won St. Pete. He was in the thick of it. Like it's that just he was in hard. the top six at Texas. He was yeah. top three at Texas. Most of the race was up there at the end of the Rex. He's the only one. He's the one where it's like going into this month of May is going to be a little, a little challenging. But you have to, you have to, you have to kind of applaud the his consistency, especially with the you know For sure. the driver he is. He was becoming kind of a butt of a joke, right, and wrecking a lot and not finishing races and getting into his own teammates. But this season, he's kind of doing the opposite. I mean, he did get in that accident at St. Pete, but he's doing what he needs to do to contend for a championship. We have to realize that, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, he's doing kind of what Will Power was doing last year. So it's, True. I mean, we saw, he's he can win a championship. It's not like there's a time limit, right? We saw oh, Alex yeah. Pelot win a championship in, what, his second full year? Like, it's... It's Roman's mm-hmm. time, I think. I think it's time, and we're gonna see how the rest of the season kind of develops for him. And 
Grosjean will get a win this year. Like, yeah. I feel confident about that now. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing, because it's, it's going to work out eventually. 100%. And the other thing about this race is that the strategy was top-notch once again. We had a two-stop versus a three-stop scenario. Grosjean was on a two-stop. McLaughlin was on a three-stop. And it was just so interesting to watch this unfold, because the three-stoppers, whenever they would pit... They would end up flying past all the two stoppers because they would have only pitted one time or not at all yet. It just made for an interesting dynamic. What do you think about that, Zach? Yeah, I think Barber's always kind of had that dynamic with the two versus three stops. And I mean, it's just it it can make what would normally maybe be a boring race into there's always something to kind of look out for and watch and think about. And there's always that. There's always some level of, I guess, what's the word? Like, not anticipation, but uncertainty. Or, I didn't say that right. Uncertain. You're, you're just uncertain about how the, it's going to play out. And I think that's kind of where NASCAR stage racing, with its lack of strategy, kind of um, kind of lacks. And I feel like I actually heard someone on a podcast, like DVC or something, say this. But it's the fact that you don't know if a caution's going to come out. And you don't know which strategy is going to work. That it's easier to stay hooked in the race for so much longer. And I think that's what's really kind of killing NASCAR at the moment with their stage racing. And it's what IndyCar, again, despite them being simple and consistent with their rules, just, you know, it's really shining right now. And we saw yesterday two guys on, you know, I mean, the yellow kind of helped, but two guys on two completely different strategies are fighting for the win. And, you know, one prevailed. So that's, that's interesting. It's it, it, you know you we weren't sure the entire race how that was going to play out. It played out how it played out. It was kind of unfortunate that the yellow came out, and also I guess Alex a little unfortunate with when they they waited a little bit to throw the yellow as they like to do every time there's an accident or yeah. something on the track. Yeah, Stingray Rob stalled on the track, and what really stung about this to me, maybe just a Joseph fan in me, I just didn't like how this was. Joseph pit, and he was on the same strategy as McLaughlin. He pits, and then Rob stalls. So then they let everyone else pit who wanted to. So Joseph has to complete a whole outlap. So then he's way back down a bit. So then McLaughlin doesn't have to do an outlap, and anyone else on the three-stop. And it, quite frankly, it probably won McLaughlin the race. Yeah. Truthfully, because I, I think Grosjean's chances of winning would be a lot higher if that race just stayed yeah. green. The three stops hard or, to do. It's you have to. It's yeah. the harder. It, that it's that's why it's called the alternate strategy. You have to pass more. You have to run harder. It's a hard strategy yeah. to pull off. And I think Team Pinsky could have had a shot at doing it, but it's not like it was likely. I think it might have been roughly still a good chance because the three stop you were so much faster with that yeah. extra stop. But it's just you have to make up so much ground and everything. You have to pass cars, too. You do have to pass cars. Yeah. I do think Grosjean would have won this race, though, if the caution never came out. But, you know, even if IndyCar, through the caution when Rob stalls, this still would have benefited Scott McLaughlin. It would have been the same outcome. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't like, we've talked about this many times before. I just don't like that IndyCar lets strategy play out because... That's just dangerous. You have a car just sitting there on a hot track 
It's not even letting it and play at some out. Point, like you run certain strategies, accepting the consequences of a, if a safety car comes out. Like very true. That's that's not letting it play out. That's resetting it, right? Because the caution's kind it's of more, resetting it anyways. That's just resetting it more, right? It's more a race manipulation, honestly. Oh. I feel this is a little bit strong to say, but it's quite frankly, it altered the ending of because you race. need to throw the caution. So like, if you can wait a lap for him. While he's stalled on the track, why can't you wait more? Like, if it's a caution, throw the caution. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. And I know I get on NASCAR about, like, you know, they don't throw the caution fast enough or they throw the caution too fast, right? But there is a balance. Why are you waiting to throw a caution when it's a dangerous situation or if the car's stalled or, like, why can't you do a local yellow to get him off the track? Or I don't know. I guess you probably couldn't the way he was stalled. But, you know, like, just throw the caution as soon as you see him stall. Like it's that simple. Yeah, and you don't need to let he would have hit a route. wall. Yeah, if he would have hit a wall or something, they would have thrown a yellow. Hundred yeah. percent. It it's just like they. I think the thinking is like, oh, he's not like in danger. Like he, you know, like his safety is not at risk because he hit anything. But it's just like, well, he might get hit something by something if you don't, you know, go out there. I don't know. Like I see IndyCar's thoughts on this. I'm assuming their thought is like, let's just, you know. Alter, but like you said, that's part of the risk of strategy. Is like yellows can come out whenever. Probably make the race more so, interesting, to be honest. I mean, yeah, and thankfully it didn't really ruin the race at all. I think it. Is this something they do probably, a lot? And I think it is. It happens a bit. There was often. a race last year or something where it kind of did like just alter. I think it like I think it hurt Joseph's race or something. I don't remember. I think it was at Mid Ohio, mm-hmm. but yeah, like. The, I, how this turned out wasn't fair to Joseph. He ends up finishing fifteenth, and he was on the same strategy Jesus, as McLaughlin. He's having—I don't care if he won Texas. He's having an awful season. I agree. Like he's—I don't care. Had a slow start last year. I don't care if he's he had a slow start points. last year, and he's already further back. Yeah, I don't care if he's six in points. He can't even qualify his car. Is this on? The, is it, is he on the? Is Joseph on the? No, but like, let's talk about him right now because I'm just. I don't know why you're a two-time IndyCar champion and you can't qualify your car, the best car in the field. That's unacceptable. So the thing with him is that one field is so competitive, for sure. Sure. And I don't necessarily blame him, but it's also like if you want to win a championship, you need to why qualify. Why Scott McLaughlin qualifying like in the Fast week. Six? Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. And I'm sure. I'm sure he's thinking the same things about himself right now as well. Yeah. But it's just like, how many times in the past couple seasons has Joseph qualified poorly? And, you know, like he qualified eighth, seventh for this race. It just wasn't in the past six. And Oh, really? Oh, I thought it how was many 14th time- again. Sorry. I thought- <laughs> but he does that yeah. a lot. Like he does. He qualifies. But you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, how many times has that happened where he qualifies outside the fast six or sometimes even misses the 12 and it just costs him a race? Like he, he said, Zach, Zach, Joseph was saying that this was one of his best cars at Barber ever. Mm-hmm. He's won at Barber several times and he finishes 15th. Yep. Like that stings. And I think more of that result is to do with the timing of that caution and he had some damage from the start of the race from uh, Felix Rosenquist as well. But, it, like, he wouldn't have been by Rosenquist at the start if he qualified a bit better. Yeah. 
you know, and he probably wouldn't have had to do the three stop if he qualified better. You know, there's just a lot of domino here, dominoes here. So yeah, and it's not just a this season know. thing. Like I want to, I'm trying to no. look at like, see, like I want to look at his average start start position from last year. It's like, okay, I guess it's not really that bad actually. He had one of the better ones last year. Interesting. So really? he qualifies on pole a lot, but if he doesn't get on pole, he's like That's not in the fast. I, that must be it. It's like yeah, it's either he's on pole or he's like not even in the fast. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And you could say the same thing, this topic about Scott Dixon, quite frankly. I think both Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgarden, if they could qualify better, they would win every week. Bro, Scott Dixon's average qualifying last year was 11th, while, like, Will Power, yeah. the champion, was 7.6. Like, exactly. That's, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. But I think in this. Well, it honestly just might be a mental thing on Joseph, too, because he does beat himself up a lot. For good results, too. Like, again, when he qualified mm-hmm. second in Iowa, it's just like, you need to chill out, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. That might be why. Like I think he just might be putting too much pressure on himself. That might be what's going on. That could be. Well, and, you know, it might have been more of a playful comment. Maybe not. But he said at the start of the year his goal was to win every single race and to clinch before Laguna. That was his goal. Right. And... Well, obviously, that, that he, didn't, he didn't win You're every single race, back. but um, he's not clinching before Laguna. I don't think he might not even be in the... Ch- he needs to have a really good month of May, which... Yep. Pinsky, I really hope they bring some good cars to the Speedway, because if they don't, the rest of this year is going to be rough, I think. I don't think Joseph wants to be this far behind. You cannot wait till mid-Ohio to start clicking off good races, because we've seen that even then, he cannot be that consistent. Because he's going to qualify 14th at the second NDGP, and just yep. he's going to lose points to, I don't even know, Ro- Roman Grosjean or Marcus Erickson, whoever the points leader is going to be by then. So, right. while Scott McLaughlin is actually being what Joseph Newgarden should be. So, but by the way, Joseph was fastest in the testing at Indianapolis, but he was last year as well. I don't think testing even means anything, so, though. I th- feel like teams but the thing is is that they i think that too but they also lot they just weren't as fast when they added the boost for qualifying and it goes back to qualifying you know that's crazy yeah because indy's all about track position i don't care if it's a speedway and they can't kind of pass but it is that's a big track position race i was telling this to a friend jackson the other day about scott mclaughlin if scott mclaughlin doesn't wreck out in the indy 500 last year i'm Pretty sure he finished his second in points last year above Joseph. Probably. Like, I just, that's why Scott was my championship pick this year. He's just more consistent he and he's getting better and better. Which is kind of, again, it's embarrassing. You're a two time IndyCar champion and you're letting this new guy from Australia come and just outperform you every week. I'm just saying. It's a little I, I don't know if it's embarrassing. That's a bit. It strong. is. I'm sorry. Well, no, it is. I'm sorry. Joseph Newgarden was the best mm. IndyCar driver in 2020. When, what's his name? Scott McLaughlin came into the sport. Arguably best. Mm -hmm. I guess you could argue that Scott Dixon was better or something. But, I mean, you know, they were trading championships. I mean, Dixon did win the championship. But, yeah, they were trading championships every year. You know, it's like, and Joseph been doing IndyCar for, at that point, a few years, at least. Like, I don't know. But I, and I guess, what's our next topic? Um, We'll talk about, we'll talk about. 
actually, no, it was referring to the show because you brought up that they were talking about Scott and Joseph. But oh, we, yeah. Well, the show's in the T. We'll talk yeah, about so we'll that. Talk about we'll relate that later. We'll talk about that later. But um, I want to talk about Christian Lungard, by the way. Shout out to him. Finished sixth, was top five most of this race. He ran, outran his Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan teammates by like a lot. Uh, Ray Hall finished 17th and Harvey finished 24th. Um, wow. I don't hear much from Graham Ray Hall these days, to be honest with you. <laughs> he's 11th of points. I, I just don't hear anything from him, man. He is just, I kind of forget mm-hmm. he's in the field. And my question is about Lungard. He's going to be one to watch at Indy GP, by the way. He finished second there at Indy GP2 last year. Yeah. And that's where he made his debut as well. So is he outrunning his equipment or are his teammates just not at the same level? Like, what do we think on Lungard? That's true, because Jack Harvey, while kind of okay, he's a little bit unproven still to me. Like, I think when he was in Meyer Shank, it's yeah. like, you know, that wasn't really doing much for him. And Graham Rahal, he's been doing this for a while. You know, I, I, I think he might just be a little bit overcooked. So... Christian Lungard, I think he is definitely, he has talent. That's obvious, right? Because um, mm-hmm. when he first topped into an Indy car, he was fast. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think he's definitely outrunning what that 45 car can normally do, honestly. Um, yeah. But he he's, it's also, I, I don't think that team is that bad. But also, it's hard to say because what Meyer Shank, they have two pretty talented drivers and they are just awful right now so yeah um i don't know because team while these might be spec cars i mean we still see it in nascar teams personnel that it matters it does matter and i think yeah, yeah. Or, or i think i think it is a little bit of both or ray hall mm, ray hall letterman lanigan <laughs> i had to take a breath for that Tongue twister. i'm not lee diffy i can't just say that like he'll be saying um <laughs> i don't know what is their sponsor United Reynolds, Le- Ray Holland. I can't. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He, he said, says it so quick. You said rentals wrong. You got it wrong on word two. I, <laughs> that's not even the hard part. And okay, I used to want to be but, an announcer when I was a kid. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, Lungard, that's going to be something to really watch as the season goes on. See how, if he keeps outdoing his teammates. I personally think that he's outrunning the equipment. Yeah, I kind of. And by the way, yeah. you mentioned. You mentioned Shank. Um, if Elio doesn't do good at Indy 500, I, I'll love to Elio, really. I think they need to go a different direction if he doesn't do good at Indy. Like, like immediately? But Tom... Like, get him out of the car? I don't hate that idea, putting Tom Blomquist in that car. Yeah, put Tom Blomquist in that car. And I, I mean, Elio, it yeah, it, he's only. Why is he running the full schedule? He only wants the Indy. I don't know. You, he, he shouldn't be running I, the full. I sc- love. I mean, I, I think I love he can Elio. do ovals. He, Elio can do ovals. Tom Blomquist does road courses. That'd be a good way to start. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know why Elio's running. Honestly, all love to him. I. I, I just don't. Because I want to see him get the fifth, too. Because he's... I mean, I guess him being he's in the in car can help him, but... Uh. Elio is in an incident every single week in practice. Yeah. He's always running around 24th, 20th, and it's just like, man, I don't know. And what well, he won the Indy Shank... 500 when he was part-time, right? Like, 
that the, this yeah. last time. So it's like, does he really need to run the full season? He honestly kind of showed really he doesn't need so. to. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that's something to follow. And I also think Ray Hall, that team, you're going to see a shakeup next year. I think you could probably see Harvey being moved out. And Harvey. I think Shank, they need. Huh? You Harvey? Oh, you, oh, you are talking I about Ray that... Hall. I thought you were still talking about uh, Meyer Shank. Anyway, as I was saying, Zach. Anyway, you <laughs> said, were you, t- what team were you talking about? I said Ray Hall. I okay. think you'll see Harvey get yes, out. Okay. And at Meyer Shank, okay. you're going to see Elio get out. I was just making sure you weren't talking about Harvey at Meyer Shank. I'm like, that been gone. That been I mean, happened. That been happened, that I know. <laughs> you you want to know what else already happened, Zach? What? <laughs> the Otto Award Scott Dixon drama <laughs> is That's being been completely happened? overblown. Been yes! <laughs> Tell me about it, Alex. Because I did hear NBC, about it on TV. Yeah. NBC is blowing it out of proportion, in my opinion. And I know that's their job. And that's my one critique of NBC is that they just love running with one little thing until it's a dead horse basically but oh my god they so, they have history <laughs> they have history did you guys know that we're gonna show I'm gonna you the replay like six times Listen, i'm gonna get ooh. i'm gonna kidnap lee diffie for the indy 500 and then they're gonna have to put they're gonna have to put rick allen in the booth for the indy 500 oh, jesus christ <laughs> bump drafting down the back straight away Someone, someone call the police. Do not let that happen. I won't even be watching the broadcast, but do not let that happen. I'll be at the race. Do not let that you happen. You will be personally making sure I don't do that. You'll be looking out for me there. Yeah. Emily Diffie's bodyguard. That's why I'm going to DD 500. Okay. But in all seriousness, there was just too much of this in my opinion whenever they were nearby each other they were like oh my god will dixon retaliate and it's like no the, well yeah what sport are we know, in what sport are we you in, don't dude? know do you not know who scott dixon is that that guy will not retaliate if he's gonna retaliate he's gonna be like holding you up for a while not letting you pass he's, you know something yeah. simple racing and yeah re- yeah like yeah race you harder even but what a concept. So they NB- <laughs> NBC did say, and I do hope that the TV show caught this. We'll talk about the TV show later again. I do hope the TV show caught this, though, is that they said Pato Award and Scott Dixon talked about this, the incident from Long Beach where they you know, got into each other. And Pato apparently tried to give Scott Dixon a hug afterward, and Dixon declined the hug. Aww. It's just... And it's just like, Aww, okay. that makes me sad. Like, to me, I think that was cool for NBC to mention. Like, oh, there's a little bit of tension here. Like, sure. He but don't said, be like, Dixon's going to retaliate. He said like, no hug. Calm down. He said no calm hug. Calm down. That kills me. Like, they, they don't, they don't got to be besties. Okay? I, I want to like, see that. I, I want to see that on camera. Scott just I shaking his head. Vice, and then Pato's just like, oh, okay. Awkwardly. I hope Vice got that. That'd be good drama. Um. Anyway. By the way, I also have a notable finish here. Colton Herta finished 14th. <laughs> um, where's he been? Another guy that I forgot is in the field. <laughs> Graham Rahal, Colton Herta, Simon Pagano. I kind of forget they're in the IndyCar series right now. Where are they in And points? you know, Herta could quite Damn. frankly... Herta could quite frankly just dominate IndyGP. 
out of nowhere. Oh, then we can talk about like, how he should be in F1 again. Nice. Yep. Great. Yep. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's probably what's going to be yes. happening. No, literally. Um, anyway, let's wrap up this segment. IndyCar is amazing. Love it. Here's the points. Erickson is the points leader, Mr. Consistency. Auto Award is three points behind Erickson. Hello is minus nine. Scott McLaughlin, my championship pick, is minus 11. Grosjean's minus 15. Man, if St. Pete doesn't happen, Grosjean and Scott are gone. Sorry, did I pick Did I pick Newgarden to win the championship? I think you picked Rossi. No, I think I picked... All... I'm pretty sure I picked Newgarden. Here, I'll scroll back up. Uh, Newgarden was minus, minus 25. Powers minus 26. Yeah. Let me scroll back up to January, yeah. and I'll see who you picked. Oh, but that was Dan... Oh, it's on the other document, isn't it? Oh, oh it might be. Nope. Remember. You said Joseph Newgarden. You are correct. I might be the dumbest person alive. Um, you said Rossi would contend for the championship and win three races. That's what you. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Well, my mid-season yeah, your championship update, pick was my mid-season update to that is Roman Grosjean. We got the Scott McLaughlin. I th- I believe in Grosjean though. I really think he's gonna have some kind of. I don't know. You just gotta keep watching him. I he's different this year, obviously. Andretti, oh, yeah. I think, and that's more on Colton Herta. Look at his teammates. Look at Roman Grosjean. Look at yeah. Kyle Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, love IndyCar. Y'all should watch it. Nope. It's on again in what two weeks? Yep. Yeah, at Indy Saturday GP. at a whatever. Oh gosh, the day of my college graduation is when it's that's when it's on. That is so. great. That's so fun. <laughs> and it's what? That's the weekend yes. of the, the, North, the North Wilkesboro All-Star Race. That's so fun. Yay. Well, no, it's not. Is it? That's Cap. That's Darlington. It is Darlington because it's Mother's Day weekend, isn't it? Yep, you're right. All-Star's the next week. I forgot yep. Darlington still has to happen. Yeah, because I just realized. Wait, no, because <laughs> qualifying's the week after. I my, my Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what day it is. Um, but yeah, I guess we're going to take a break and then we are going to get into the very, very tasteful tea that we have today. See you guys in a bit. All right. Back at the, back on the gay racing podcast, not at the gay racing podcast. The gay racing podcast is not a location. Well, it's a state of mind, perhaps for some people. Mm. Um, mm, you said that. Mm, yes, yes, mm. yes. I agree. Yes. Um, NASCAR. <laughs> we get at- really. Zach, if we ever get like really, really big someday somehow, we'll have Gay Racing Podcast headquarters. Honestly, the let's do it for the Gay Racing. And we'll be at, we'll be at somewhere. We'll be at yes. The only at Gay Racing Podcast is our Twitter at Gay Racing Pod, but NASCAR at Dover. Instagram NASCAR at Dover on a Monday for the third time in the last five years. Um, yay. Um, so I, you know, like normal people, I had work, so I, I, I actually, I watched the beginning a lot, and then I had to focus during, like, the middle part of it, and then I got to watch the end, like, basically focusing, which was cool. Um, race was so long, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Martin, Martin Truex wins on a Monday, again, I feel like he's won on Monday, he's, this is his third Monday win at Dover, um, in addition to his 2007 first career win ever. And then 2019, I believe, he won on a Monday at Dover. So, sounds mm-hmm. about right. Yeah. It sounds so, right. Um, yeah, I mean, 
cool. He, Martin, Martin Monday. I feel like he won somewhere else on the Monday before, but I might just be thinking about Denny Hamlin or something. Scotty Sunday, Marty Monday. Scotty Sun. Ooh, Marty Monday. <laughs> I'm acting Marty like Monday. we didn't come up with this already. <laughs> Zach, don't ruin the bit. Don't ruin the bit. Okay. We are just uh, so yeah, creative Truex. like that. I know. Race totally 54, wasn't 54 race one of the streak. What, since like Martinsville two years ago or something? I think so. That's crazy. Sounds yeah, because right, 2021. Yeah. He, won only, he only won one race that year. Wow. Yep. And I, I kind of forgot he that he won the Clash, to be honest. I... I tweeted today. I'm like, he wait, he won the class, right? Because I'm like, yeah, I guess he hasn't really won like a real race since so long. Um, yeah, and he held off Ross Chastain and Ryan Blaney eh. on that last restart, and that was holding off Sorry. Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain, you said Ross Chastain. Ew, yuck. Stinky. He held off Ross Chastain, who had four for fresh quite tires. A while. In the last stage, yeah. yeah. After that last restart, four fresh tires and, and Martin held off two. Yep, outplayed. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I actually kind of enjoyed the Truex versus Chastain battle. Yeah, I think it was fun. There's, you know, th- this car. It, it is what it is. Clean air is still kind of the big thing. The drivers seem to be talking about. I'll be interested to hear what Denny has to say, but. You know, if there's multiple grooves, you can kind of use the top at Dover, which I love. Dover is one of my favorite racetracks on the schedule, just with how unique it is. There's no other track like it on the schedule. Um, it's one of those few NASCAR tracks that are unique, that isn't cookie cutter, that I hope is on the NASCAR schedule forever, right? Like Darlington, like Bristol, mm-hmm. like Martinsville, right? There's You can try to make a track like it, but you can't make a track like it, and... You know, I've always appreciated yeah. Dover, and I think what we saw today was a solid race. It wasn't bad. It yeah. the the end was perfect. I think like I'm fine with a late race restart with ten. <sighs> Here, this is the thing. This is what y'all don't get about late race restarts. They need to be with ten laps to go and not with two laps to go. Because Ross Chastain yeah, yeah. had time to make the move for second, and then it's this. Mm-hmm. It's just uncertainty of, is he going to make this pass? Is he going to catch Truex? And we kind of just sit there for eight laps, and we're we're watching that battle very closely. But the battle they had before that in lap traffic was also very good. Was very good. Yes. Admittedly, I groaned when Logano crashed. I was like, oh, my God. Here we I go. I heard he had a really bad day because Mike Joy was like, his day finally ends. And you sent me something about he needs to get out of the state of Delaware. <laughs> Yeah, Larry Max said that he can't wait to get the hell out of here. It was it was funny. What was going on with him today? Yeah, what happened? I, just awful car. His car was just bad. I saw him running he 19. Made like a bajillion pit stops. Oh. Yeah. Darn. Wow. That's probably not what Joey Legato really weird. really expects. Mm-mm. Champion. No. Champion Joey. Reigning champion. That's, yep. Not that that means that much, but integrity um but yeah <laughs> before all that happened that was a good race by the way i i thought yeah we, uh, we're going to talk about if it was too long or not i i think it is a little too long well but yeah in the race early in the race there was some drama uh ross chastain did ross chastain things and he spun brennan pool 
And Kyle Larson got collected with nowhere to go. He hit Brennan Poole. Brennan Poole, by the way, has a cool haircut, by the way. I don't know if you saw. He's like blonde no. on the top and wait. He's like a buzz cut on the side. Wait. Uh Bro. I haven't I haven't seen him in a while. I didn't know he did that. I Good didn't know he was him. still racing, to be honest with you. Good, because he used to have some ugly hair, man. I'm trying to look for it. He uh I don't have a picture. <gasps> wait, ooh, wait, Slay! Slay! Slay of the week, Brennan Poole! Hold on! Can I get your number? What is going on? Uh, right? Ooh. Like, it looks good. He's kind of cute! This was Brennan Poole's first cup start in <laughs> okay. two years, I believe. Oh, Zach's still going. No, there's what? a picture of him before he got it buzzed on the side that's just like, eh, I'm gonna send it to you on Discord. Oh. <laughs> okay. Not, not, not the look. Here. But this is... Yeah. I gotta look at this. But I'll look at the one that oh I love. Flop at the top oh. and then slay at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'll a, give him slay of the week. That's slay of the he week. That's a week nice haircut. And slay of the week because you got wrecked already Ross Chastain. Welcome to the club. They're all, and you know what he said? Vernon Poole said that Chastain seemed to have a reputation... And he said something that you've been saying, Zach. What? He said, quote, he needs to get his butt whooped. End quote. That's not what I said. It's I mean it's you said synonyms. words. Synonyms, yes. But um <laughs> So Ross Chastain and Kyle Larson, of course, my fantasy pick. Because this only happens when I pick him for fantasy. It also happened last week at Talladega, I guess. It was like, it basically was what happened at Talladega, but it was reverse. He he hit the car sliding, yeah. and it, he wasn't the sliding car this time. But, um, so, Ross Chastain, what, this is lap 80, basically, um, of 400. Yeah, very early. Of 400 million, um. That pass was not for position either, right? Brennan Poole was going a lap down to Ross Chastain. Oh, yes yeah. Or no? I'm pretty sure. He was in the 15 car. So I'm pretty sure. If I'm wrong, let us know. But I'm, it's a Rick Ware car. So I'm I, just like, I don't even know what to say him. besides that him. What really made me mad or peeved me off is the fact that Ross Chastain gets on that microphone and apologizes. So I work with kids, if you didn't know. And oftentimes, I will correct a kid on their behavior. And they, a lot of times, they will say sorry. So let's say they're throwing a pencil. And I'm like, please don't throw your pencil. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Five seconds later, they do the same thing. That ticks me off. I don't want sorry. I want your changed behavior. And at that point, mm -hmm. your sorry means nothing. It, in fact, it's almost worse. You're lying to me. You're not sorry. Ross Chastain is not sorry. If he was sorry, he would have worked to actually fix his driving style and actually change something about how he races. Because he races. I don't care if it was an it, it, there. It wasn't an accident because you decided to push that hard on the back bumper of the 15 car. For some reason, because, like, why would he even do that when he could have just passed him on the outside going into turn one? I don't understand what the point was to wreck him on the straightaway yeah. for no reason when you could have just followed Larson up at the top. Like, what's the... 
you're a race car driver. I know that. I know what you should probably do in that situation. I'm not a race car driver. I'm just sick of you apologizing and saying that you're going to go to their shop on Tuesday and blah, 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 give them a watermelon or something. Like, no, you're not. Shut up. I'm tired of it. You're acting like a child. The watermelon. He's acting like a child that gets in trouble at school. Like, yeah. literally. Say, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're not. I don't want you to be sorry. I want you to be careful. Because, and Kyle Larson, when he raced him back, when Kyle Larson was a lap down after, you know, they fixed their damage and Ross Chastain's battling for the lead, Larson should have held him up more. And I tweeted this. I said, if someone like Ross Chastain's about to pass me after he wrecked me, he has two options. As soon as he gets beside me, if he's going to my inside, I'm running his ass down to the apron to pass me, costing him. Like, I'm basically going to do what Denny did at Gateway. So either you're passing me on the apron or you're passing me with like a perfect card card width car width against the wall. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're probably gonna hit the wall. Um Denny Hamlin is racing Ross Chastain, how everyone needs to race Ross Chastain. And it's why pisses me off that NASCAR gave Denny Hamlin a penalty. Right. Because Ross because Chastain they basically just emboldened Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain needs to be raced like that if anything's gonna change. Again, I'm fine with the driver self governing themselves. Um they need to start doing that. And Kyle Larson, what he did great, you could have done more. He wrecked he mm. ruined your day. Probably not the first time he ruined your day to be No! Well, I'm sorry, wait, 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 wait. You could argue. I know I didn't say Ross Chastain calls last week's wreck, but you could say that the last two weeks, Larson has been involved in a wreck that Chastain started with his front bumper. Yep. Even though I said last week it wasn't Chastain's fault, but yeah, dude, he's ruining your race. I and if NASCAR is yeah. not going to do anything about and, it, and they won't, do, y'all need to start. Y'all need to either beat their beat his butt, or you need to make his life. Let me say this clearly for you guys. Miserable on that track. Make it so that if he's running second, he's going to finish fifth. Right? Yeah. Like Tyler Reddick. Shame on Tyler Reddick. You could have blocked him more. I don't care. He's probably wronged you at some point. All these drivers have probably been wronged at some point. I just didn't like how Tyler Reddick basically moved over for Chastain. Or maybe he just picked a different line. I don't know. So... In my opinion, I think Larson actually did enough because if the yellow doesn't come out, I think that Larson prevented Chastain from winning that race. Oh, he if did. There was yeah, no yellow. He did fine. I'm just saying he could have done more. It's, yeah, yeah, you can. I'm, I'm just saying I think he did enough. So where it's like NASCAR's yeah. not getting upset about it. Like he, like NASCAR got mad at Denny. At well, Gateway. Kyle Larson doesn't have a so podcast, think- and he drives for Hendrick. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true true but uh, <laughs> um yeah but i don't know they they need to the drivers need to do something nascar honestly should be like hey can you like stop so, like something well then he say oh yeah i this- will i'll stop well, and then next week at, right and then he's uh, gonna do it again next week at kansas he's gonna run i guess kyle larson into the wall again because he's his just next punching bag so um I don't know. I'll be interested to hear what Denny has to say about this on oh, Action yeah. Detrimental. That'll because, be good. Yeah. That's the worst part about this race being on Monday. I had no podcast to listen to this morning. That sucked. No Teardown, yeah. no Denny Hamlin. 
You know what I did instead of no teardown? I ended up listening to the Tony Stewart episode of Dale Jr. Download. When was that? Was that was fun. Like last week. Oh, it was last week? Oh, I'll have to listen to that then. Wow. It was good. Um, but yeah, Chastain, again, they need, the drivers need to do something. And I just don't think we have a current crop of drivers who are willing to do that, especially since we're losing Kevin Harvick at the end of the season. The only driver willing to do anything is Denny probably Hamlin. Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin. Yes. I don't think anyone else would. Yeah. So. And Joey Logano, yeah. to be honest, Joey Logano only cares if he's trying to win. And by the way, another thing, Jimmy Johnson even, even he would do it. Because remember when Kurt Busch was getting on him that one time? Jimmy Johnson oh, yeah. took him out. It's like even Jimmy Johnson, was that the most tame guy ever, he was at Richmond. Yeah, I was there. I was at that race. That was my first race ever. Ooh. <laughs> and Jimmy, even Jimmy Johnson would do it. It's yeah. just like, I just don't think we have a crop of guys who are willing to do it. Nope. They just... Yeah, they all they're all talk and, like Ryan Priest. Well, Ryan Priest isn't all talk. He should. Larson keeps getting wrecked. Stop wrecking Larson. Especially when I pick him for fantasy. Stop. Stop wrecking him. All y'all keep wrecking him. I'm over it. Stop. Kind of funny. How many wins does he have when he doesn't get wrecked? I'm pretty sure the last two races he's finished <sighs> without wrecking. He won. I think so. I'm so. Yeah. I'm I'm fine. Uh, happy, happy, happy. <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> one more thing. I don't have it in the doc, but I want to say uh Ryan Blaney was like third all day long. Holy cow in this race. I know, right? Holy Blaney, cow. Blaney put a full race together. I'm so proud and of And battled for the win at the end. It was there. Yeah. He could have got Almost it. Almost won it. And he salvaged if he the third place. Truex. Yeah, he salvaged the yep. third place. I'll take those. You you need those. You know what? <laughs> like a two like two years ago, Lady would have wrecked after not clearing Truex and then yeah. finished twenty fifth. Or no, you know, Jeremy. Like no, Jeremy Bullens would have like put him on an awful strategy. Yeah, Bullens was like, okay, we didn't get the lead. Come on down the pit road. <laughs> Something like <laughs> he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't have even been on the front row for the restart. He would have been like tenth. Like no, literally, he like, wouldn't have. Honestly. Um, but anyway, let's talk about one more thing in the NASCAR segment. Is Dover too long of well, a race? And I'm going to connect this to Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney has struggles being consistent throughout the race and, you know, them adjusting the car throughout the race. Well, he just survived. He just was good for an entire Dover race that took four hours. So, again, True. more claps for him because that Dover race is way too long. Now, I know at the start of the race, why do they have a bunch of cautions at the start of the race? I wasn't able to watch the very first part. What was happening? Competition cautions. Oh my god! They had they had a competition caution to make sure that the the like I was, the rocks for yeah. tires weren't wearing. Okay, got it. Just to make sure mm-hmm. that they weren't wearing. Okay, okay, that's yeah, fine. And then Noah Gregson got spun, I saw or he spun. Um, I'm trying to remember, there was someone else who got spun at one point. Daniel Suarez got loose. That was early on, but after that, it was just kind yeah. Of I saw the Suarez the thing. Yeah, because I. God, okay, I will give a slay of the week to Fox, because I realized today how useful that little... No, shut up! I'm just realizing more and more how useful that thing, that bar that they put on, how useful it is, because I could actually, like... Mm. Like, okay, if you don't know when the stage breaks are, and I wasn't really aware of them today, um, I can see that 
it's halfway through the stage three, and it's like, oh, so they're probably pitting soon. And then they started pitting soon. That's why I like... It's just another little thing that that bar is really great for, and I kind of hope NBC has it. Because I think it's kind of what you need right now. So, our friend Tanner... Tanner, if you're listening... Right. Tanner, when that when they added that, he was texting me that he hated it because it it tells the viewers it's like, hey, this is what you've missed. And if there's like no cautions, people who like Rex are probably going to tune out. You know, good. <laughs> good. I don't know. I, I don't I'm very impartial to it. I really don't care. It's whatever. Um, That seems like the box. That's those are the same people that didn't like the vertical ticker, and they're like horizontal ticker is better. Those are the same people. Eh, they're just boomers. What? I don't think so. Huh? Um. What'd you say? Since you are going to give, what did Fox you say? Sports, what did you say about my what? tickers? What did you say about my tickers? Which ticker <laughs> do you like better? Just. What do you think of my tickers? That's such an interesting sentence. <laughs> I like the vertical one. Okay, I thought you were. I thought you was trying to get on. No, because the vertical no. ticker is the optimal ticker. I don't think that that's not the ticker has nothing to do with the bar that shows. No, but I'm saying I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It was the same thing. About. It was the same thing as people that didn't like the vertical ticker, and they're like the horizontal ticker was better. No, it's not better. This is just more information mm. for you, and it's not too much information. Sorry. No, I like the I vertical one more. But anyway, if you're going to give Fox Sports Slay of the Week, I'm giving Fox Sports Flop of the Week to cancel out your Slay of the Week because when Larson was holding off Chastain, they just had the camera on Truex. And that's... What? How did they not see that? I think everyone knew what was happening except for Fox Sports. I love watching. People. I love so, watching Martin Truex Jr. log laps. It's that greatest thing. I got to do it so, so much yeah. when they covered the Coke 600 that one year. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. And side note, I don't want to get on a Fox tangent. So we're just going to say this one thing. Then we're going to move on to F1 and the T. Clint Boyer makes Rusty Wallace look like an amazing commentator. I was going to say, I liked Rusty in the booth. I actually think he was really solid. I wouldn't mind him I back. think he's gotten he's gotten better from working at MRN since he left ESPN, I think. Yeah. But oh, he was the weak link at ESPN back in the day. But yeah, that was back in the day, though. You're right. Like it's. I know. Yeah. But he's good now. I, I, th- I wouldn't mind him on a full time schedule. He, well, maybe not him, he, but if you didn't know better, you would have thought Boyer was the guest analyst who didn't know what they were doing. And Rusty was the tenured veteran commentator. And I know Rusty does MRN, but I'm I think just Clint, Clint says he likes things too much. I like that, Larry. I like that, Rusty. I really like that, Tony. I like that, Mike. Shut up. Have an opinion. But yeah, that's about- <laughs> uh, have it, have your own thoughts, Clint. Like, no, actually, don't don't talk. Yeah. Anyway, one the T. Wait, wait, wait. We actually didn't even talk about Dover being too long. I think we skipped over it. Oh, it was too long. No, anyway, here's no, here's the thing though. No, we, we because remember that IndyCar race took not even two hours yesterday, and I felt like it was jam packed. It was great. And it's just like yeah. Dover. I don't even know if races like Dover need to be 400 laps. 
anymore. Like, I no. think that's this, just too this many. This could have been 300. This could have been 300, 250, 200. Like, I just think at this point, with if you're really trying to capture this newer audience, you do kind of have to do shorter races almost. But don't touch During the crown jewels! Race. During this race, I worked out, I showered, I made lunch, I ate lunch, I cleaned the kitchen, and by the time I finished doing those things, stage two was just about over. Half of my workday was the race. Like, oh my god. I ate that's, I ate my lunch during when the race started, and then I left work right like right after the checkered flag. Mm-hmm. What come on. Two hours. It's too long. Two to three hours, please. When when I was a kid, I told the, I tweeted this at Daniel McFadden, who replied to your tweet saying the race was too long. I said I was fine with it as a kid, but I think that was because I didn't watch F1. IndyCar. Didn't have responsibilities. (laughs) Right. And it was just like, I had fun just having NASCAR on for six hours. Like That was fun. But now it's like IndyCar's on for two hours. And that's, I'm satisfied. F1's on for an hour and a half. I'm not satisfied. It's not a good product. But like, you know, when it was good, I was satisfied. Yes. So please don't give me more. I don't need, (laughs) I don't, I don't need four hours of something. It's just like, oh my god. Yeah, I think stages anyway. are just stages are just stages and, really and it would drag make it, on. it would make races like the Coke six hundred, I think, stand out more as an endurance race, you know? But yeah. We've talked about For that sure. plenty. We'll talk about we'll probably talk about it when we get to Pocono or something or whatever. But so yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and pour pour the tea for today's episode. So F one was at Baku, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. And <clears throat> It was much of the same, apparently. Um, Sergio Perez won the the Grand Prix and whatever. Verstappen second. I bet he was mad about that, being like a child. But that's not what we're actually going to talk about. We're going to talk about um, the Sprint Showdown. No, not the not the Daytona race. Not the Daytona Exhibition race that we had in 2013. Which I loved that race, by the way. I loved how you could vote on the format in the middle of the race. I thought that yeah. was the coolest thing they've ever done. That was cool interactivity for fans. Yeah, they should have done that more. I they I don't think they did it the next year. I don't think so. But anyway, but yeah, this uh, um, this, this was a shorter. This, was a, this so, was a shorter qualifying session that set the lineup for the sprint. Like, so let's break it down. So remember how we talked about sprint races before on F one, where it was basically. Um, after qualifying, they would do a little race that would award points to a few positions, um, and what it like would also then set the set the starting lineup for the Grand Prix. Okay, so basically, it was basically a stage. It was mm-hmm. all for all intents and purposes a NASCAR stage, right? Where it's like the running order changes, lines up for the next stage. You award some points. Not as much as the finish, right? So, a lot of negativity was re- received to that. So, they change it. Um, they change it to where it's now... Um, they change it to where qualifying on Friday sets the lineup for the Grand Prix on Sunday. But then they still have the sprint on Saturday. So, you would think, okay, so qualifying will just set the order for the sprint and the Grand Prix. No, 
They have a separate qualifying session. A second complete qualifying session on Saturday. Replacing practice. Called the the Sprint Showdown. Apparently. Where, Where they do qualifying. It's shorter rounds. Not as long time wise. So I guess it's more intense. Which I guess is probably cool. Um. And yeah, and so basically, Saturday is now its own separate event for all intents and purposes, right? Like, it's its own qualifying, it's its own race that doesn't impact the Grand Prix at all, besides if you wreck your car or something, and it's its own points, not as much as the Grand Prix still. So it's basically a half race, right? It's like a, it's Mm -hmm. almost like in an Xfinity race. Where it's like, no, it's not like an Xfinity race. It's almost just like no. a. No. I don't even know how to describe it's a, it. It's its own little they thing. Added a second, they added a second qualifying session for a mini race. Yes. And it, it it's pointless to me. I don't think we need a sprint either. To begin especially with. Especially now that it doesn't impact the race. Yes. Like, what? what, what what's, what's the point of this? Which, I don't know. To be honest, though, I think it is. I think it's better that it doesn't set the starting lineup for the race because then it's just like we just watched the we just watched the first stage. Well, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't it shouldn't have impacted the race in the Sunday race in the first place because it shouldn't have existed because yes. this is just goofy. Yes, it is. Now we have two races in a weekend, basically. Yeah. So I don't I don't know I don't see the point of that. Me neither. Um. I, again, I'm not. I wasn't the biggest fan of sprint races because, again, it's like I'm not gonna watch the sprint race. I, I don't care, especially honestly, especially now because now it's not even impacting the Grand Prix. It's just a, it's it's almost just oversaturation at that point, right? Like I don't think F1 fans were really clamoring for a race to happen on Saturday, right? Because if they, you really cared, you would just watch F2. I think, right? You want right? Like why don't they put this promotion behind F2? Yeah. Like, and it's kind of like, going back huh? to NASCAR having too long of races. We don't need to see a really long race. We don't need to see all hours and hours of racing. We want a nice, consistent, jam-packed product, okay? That's that's all we want, mm-hmm. okay? That's, that's it's simple. So I'm really not a fan of this kind of sprint race format or this new sprint, sh- sprint showdown format until Max Verstappen said... That Uh-oh. if F1, where's the quote? If F1 keeps making changes, um, constant tweaking and expanding of the sprint format, it will eventually lead to him quitting the sport. So, I think that is a great idea. I think we should keep tweaking the sprint format so that Max Verstappen quits, and then now we'll have new oh, winners God. every week. I think that's a brilliant idea. So, here are my ideas. I think... We should invert the field for the sprint race, invert championship order, or do the the Gatorade duel to set the lineup for it. I think that would be great. Um, well, that's their inspiration, the Daytona races, right? So, so you're so you're saying now F one should just go enter all their cars into the duel races, or yeah. you're saying they should bring back the branding of the Gatorade duel? They should they should just call it the Gatorade duel, not the branding. Just call it the Gatorade okay. duel. Yeah. They just call it the Gatorade Duel. Okay. They could even do the thing where they split the field. Ooh, they could do one car per team is in each race. That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? 
Oh, actually, actually, kind of cool. Actually, <laughs> why, that'd be wait a cool. minute. That would actually be kind of. Wait a minute. I'm cooking. Wait, that would be kind of cool. Like, listen, I'd rather that than the useless sprint showdown. You use the one card, and that could like either set the lineup or it could. They could do fun little heat race. Oh, heat races. They could call them heat races like NASCAR does, even though they're not heat races. That'd be oh kind of fun. Maybe they'll maybe they should call them sprint races, like actual sprint races, because you're not supposed to call the sprint a sprint race. That's true. I do call it a sprint race, and every time I say sprint race, I know that um whoever runs F1 is just cringing at me and they're probably gonna get our podcast deleted or canceled. Cause yeah, you're not supposed to call it a sprint race, it's a sprint. It's a sprint. Now a sprint showdown. Mm. Um or sprint. No, Sprint Showdown was not the race at Daytona. That was the All Star. It, it was a. That was the All Star Open. It was called this. It was called the Sprint Shootout. No, it was called the Sprint Unli- Shootout. The... No, it was called the Sprint Unlimited. Oh, uh, Sprint Unlimited. There's so many names. So yeah. is it not called? Shoot- is it, it called the Sprint Showdown or is it called the Sprint Shootout? We don't even know because it's that irrelevant. It's, it's called the Sprint Showdown. No, it's called the Sprint Shootout. I swear to God. Okay, I see what you're saying now. I swear I saw something that called it the Sprint Showdown. That's why I wrote that. We are a mess today. Anyway. This is what happens when we do the podcast the same day I as a race. I'm a mess. This is... Sh- yes, I'm a are. mess. Yes, you are. You just... you Earlier, you were on here going on about Brennan Poole for like five minutes. Anyway. This is what happens when talk- we have to do the podcast the same day as the NASCAR race. We so didn't get our 24 hours sprint, to recover. In the sprint, Verstappen got really mad at George Russell. Did you see this, Zach? What, Max Verstappen getting mad? I am so yeah. shocked. What could possibly he, overcome him to be mad? He he called George Russell a dickhead. He's just mad funny. that he doesn't look as good shirtless. Probably Has is. Max Verstappen probably ever something taken he's mad his shirt about. off? I mean, My keyboard probably, but I don't think he's... I don't think he's posting anything online. But uh, hmm. anyway, to wrap up the F1 segment, for the sprint shootout, I apologize. Apparently, it's called the shootout. I swear when I was doing this research, it was called the showdown. But apparently, they changed it. Just kidding. I probably just misread it. So I was doing this really fast. They're going to anyway, change it to showdown um, next time. Yeah. Thanks, F1. So Perez, Verstappen, Leclerc was podium. So... Moving on, I have nothing to say about F1 other than that. Paris is still winning at these street circuits. True. Yeah, which is interesting. And he's gotten kind of close in the championship, apparently. So that's something to watch. Something else to watch is 100 Days to Indy on the CW. That debuted last week. And it got 189,000 viewers on the CW. And the NASCAR show, which premiered the year prior on the USA Network, got 233,000 viewers. So, honestly, on not par. that bad. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, not bad. Like, for NASCAR versus IndyCar, that's, like, really good for IndyCar, in yeah. my opinion. I did not get a chance to watch it. Um, When did it come out? Was it Friday night, Saturday night? Thursday night. Thursday night. Why is it Thursday night? Whatever. Um, And there's new episodes every Thursday night until like through the Indy 500. Interesting. 
I guess so. Yeah, hundred days indie. Yeah. Um. How? So, Alex, you watched it. What did you think of it? Some positives, some negatives. Why should an IndyCar fan like me, that really only watches the races on Sunday, why should I watch a hundred days indie? You get a really good in-depth look at personalities that the series prior to like this year never really showcased. Like, you get a there's a. Part of the episode where they go behind the scenes of Bus Bros with Joseph and Scott, which was really cute. And there was also a point where they go with Joseph. The episode really focused on Joseph, by the way. That's another reason to watch. Joseph is shirtless. There's a whole Joseph shirtless segment. You should watch for that part, Zach. I think you'd enjoy that part. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the show, it was pretty good. I don't. I don't know if I really had any expectations necessarily. It was kind of like, huh, I'm watching IndyCar, like a docu-series of IndyCar, but it's not necessarily like Drive to Survive. It's more closer to the NASCAR show, Race for the Championship, in my opinion. Um, That's not a bad thing. Yeah. And I did find it interesting, though, two points that I have here, is that they really went in on the Penske versus Ganassi angle, which... It's kind of strange to me because this is about the Indianapolis 500 and not the championship. If this was about the championship, I'd be like, yeah, that that makes sense. But we're talking about uh, the Indy 500, which has been Ganassi versus McLaren in recent years and probably will be this year as well. It is weird to talk about the championship, so, isn't it? Especially like if someone that doesn't watch the sport is watching yeah. this show. And I feel like that might be confusing if you're... I mean, I'm sure this is most like, you know, diehard fans watching this, but it's probably confusing if you don't know anything what's going on. You probably think Indianapolis 500 is like the final race of the season or something. And uh, I feel like that's a little weird choice. Personally, if it's about the championship full season, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. And they had Roger Pinsky on there say, you know, it's unacceptable how we've run at Indianapolis past few years. He said that, which, you know, cool. Sound like me on this podcast know, just, earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and another thing that was kind of weird to me these are just negatives like weird little being a little nitpicky about it but they had an interview with Jenna Fryer well like Jenna Fryer was just talking about the show and this isn't a dig at Jenna Fryer they probably asked her a question and they used her what she her answer was they had her saying well it's going to be interesting to see how Joseph and Scott handle their friendship when it comes down to them battling for wins against each other. Like, how will that impact their friendship? And it's just like, they're kind of setting up a Scott versus Joseph battle. Like, for the Indy 500 and the future of the series, which I found kind of weird because they've already raced each other for a win several times. Texas last year. Gateway last year. (laughs) Like, those are just two examples. I feel like that's a weird angle for them to go as well with that. I feel like they should have... I don't know if they're trying to look for drama there. I don't didn't really feel like it. just felt a little weird. Mm-hmm. But overall, though, like it, it's a good show. I would watch it if you're a fan of IndyCar. If you're trying to get into IndyCar, I'd say it's perfect. You get the whole IndyCar 101 thing in it. Um, Yeah. I don't yeah. have much else to say about it. Interesting. I will hopefully take a look next week, but it sounds pretty good. It um, is... It's the new. You thing. are able to watch it. You are able to watch it for free on the CW app, oh. and I believe they're airing reruns on the CW quite a lot. I know they were re-airing it on Saturday night. 
Interesting. Mm, okay. Cool. So nice. Well, hopefully the show yeah. um, has some success because we need to get IndyCar out there to some more people. And yeah. um, I wonder how many of those 189,000 viewers were, you know, not have never watched an IndyCar race before. You know, yeah, but they I, heard of the Indy 500 man, maybe. I hope that they put this on Peacock. It's kind of weird. It's only on the CW. Well, they're separate. It's not an NBC thing. So why is it on the CW? Why does CW want to do something for Indy? That's so weird. Are so they it's the same? by Vice Media, and they they got a deal to put it on the CW. But it's just like the NASCAR show. This should be on streaming as well. But you can get it for free on the CW app. Good enough. Know. Weird, weird choice to me. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. So next thing, this is an interesting topic. A uh, Josh Berry. There might be a rumor going around that he might be going to Stewart-Haas Racing next year, Zach. And have you heard about that? Yeah, I have heard about that because we talked about Stewart-Haas Racing is in a desperate need for some good quality drivers right now. With Harvick leaving, Almirola is on his way out. Um, that just leaves them with Chase Briscoe, Ryan Priest, and two other cars they need to fill. And Todd Gillen is a great option, but I think Josh Berry is a reliable option that you know he's going to get in that car and he's going to perform right and mm -hmm. that's interesting i thought i don't know if it's you know it's probably still not the uh, kevin harvick that you want right it's josh barry he's still a little bit unproven um and like throwing him into a full-time cup ride this soon might be might be a little uh might be a little premature although he's unfortunately starting to get a lot of experience as a substitute for hendrick um, but yeah, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's realistic cause he's got a very tight relationship with Dale Earnhardt Jr. And everyone at Hendrick and, um, well, I guess maybe not it's everyone at Hendrick, maybe it's just Dale Jr. But certainly, you know, manufacturer stuff kind of gets in the way. Um, cause I don't, I don't know if, I guess he just does Xfinity. I don't think he does any more late model stuff for Jr. Um, mm -hmm. and certainly I don't think Dale would, you know. If, if Josh got an opportunity to do that full time in Cup, because I mean, if you look at Hendrick, they're not they're not getting it. What did Bowman just get resigned? Yeah, they're not All getting rid of signed for several years. Yeah, so it's like I think Josh Berry's best option for his career has to be SHR, right? And you know, you would love to be mm -hmm. at Hendrick one day, especially since they are one of the best teams right now. But you know, SHR while they're not the best team, you it's it's also not. It's not always correct to look at the short term, right? You know, we Hendrick a few years ago wasn't very great, right? William Byron and what's his what's his face Alex Bowman. They came into Hendrick at a time that was not very uh very high for Hendrick. So, but they've stuck around and now William Byron's getting wins and contending possibly for a championship this year and I wish I could say the same for Alex Bowman, <laughs> but I cannot at the moment. Um but yeah, mm -hmm. I, mean, I, th I think there's probably better teams, but also I think that's a decent fit for Josh Berry, right? He's a local guy, a local short track yeah. guy. Um, so I, so when I first heard this, it wasn't with SHR. The first part of the rumor was Josh Berry is going to be in Cup next year full time. That's the first thing I heard, and I was like, okay, so it could be the seventy-seven. Which is currently driven by Ty Dillon. Do I'll not know. take that. Did you, did you know? Did I, you know Ty Dillon was in that car? Uh, today, honestly, no. 
I did not. Because full time? I was seeing th- full time. No, wait, what? Full He's time. in that car full time? You could have fooled yeah. me. That's full time. So my thought was okay, maybe it's 77. Or Dale Jr. would get a charter and it'll be the 77 charter for Junior Motorsports. That was my thought process. Like, oh, that makes sense. Or maybe like a, one of the Rick Ware ones Dale Jr. finally got. I don't know. But then I heard Sword House Racing. And I was like, oh, so probably the four. But it, it, to me, it just doesn't make sense. And maybe I'm wrong. Like, I was wrong about Kyle Busch. I thought for sure that was going to happen. Kyle Busch is going to go to SHR. I was wrong about that last year. Yeah, It would have made sense. I and maybe SHR is like... And, you know, SHR, maybe they're like, okay, we miss Larson. We miss Bush. We're not going to miss out on Barry. I don't think Barry's as elite as the other two. But maybe it's like, we got to stop missing these guys. I think he's so a maybe good they're... investment. He's a really good investment. Yeah. What other driver I mean, at his level is that good of an, of, of an investment, right? Look true. at these Xfinity drivers. Like, yeah. Who is an Xfinity? Like, I mean, there's stuff like Sammy Smith, I guess. Riley Herbst. Riley Her- Okay, no. The, no. Um, I- that's it. That's SHR. But that'd probably be the other option. No, but I'm just talking about other drivers they could poach. Like, there's Chandler Smith yeah. and Sammy Smith, I guess, like an Xfinity kind of tearing it up right now. But they're still, they're a little bit Young. unproven. And I think, we're, whereas if you look at, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But like, there's just not a lot of Josh Berries out there, right? Especially in Xfinity right now, where they're not. Josh Berry is not brand new. But he's also not overcooked like Justin Algar, or not. Just, he's not overcooked like Brandon Jones. You know, it's like mm-hmm. he's a talent. I think he's he's starting to get some cup experience now, filling in for Alex Bowman. It's like I, that's a good investment. And you see, that's the thing that I don't get about this is like why if this is happening. <clears throat> why would Chevrolet let Josh Berry, a future Ford driver, get all this cup experience? Well, you know what I mean? I don't. The deal's not set in stone yet because he's still a Chevrolet driver today. Um, the rumor says the rumor says that it's signed and done. Well, we would have heard about it, right? That, that's what the rumor but says. Like, well, the, the rumor says that it's signed and like happening. Well, you know what they say about or, rumors. It's a, just a rumor. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's signed right now. They would have announced that. I'm sorry. Okay. I feel like also another thing with that is that Jordan Bianchi and Adam Stern have not said anything about this. Or maybe they wouldn't have because then it's like, yeah, then he doesn't get. I don't think they would have gotten like, that's not, it's not like Tyler Reddick leaving um, Richard. Right. That's very different. That was different. And like, but there also is situations like, well, Bowman's injured. And Ross Chastain, who was signed with Chevrolet, went over to fill in for Ryan Newman a few years ago. Yeah. So maybe Chevy's just like, well, it's an injury, so sure, whatever. But I feel like they would have put like Justin Allgaier in instead or something. Well, also, it's I like Josh Berry is also signed as Hendrick's reserve driver, which I didn't actually realize that was a thing. Like, there's actual. Oh. That's, yeah, okay. it's like, it was like, um, what's this called? Ryan that, Priest. If that's the case, and that, what I'm saying don't matter. Ryan right, Priest right. was the reserve driver for SHR last year, right? So if any of those guys got injured or that. hurt, then yeah. So I, I found that out today on the broadcast. So. 
mm-hmm. Slay of the Week to Fox okay. for educating me or something. Um, <laughs> Stop giving Fox Slay of the Week. Oh my god, that was a fake Slay of the Week. That was one I made out of paper. Okay, that wasn't like a gold one. Okay. No, that wasn't one of Thank the you. real ones. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not just handing them out. Um, I promise. You know, Brennan yeah, Poole has the second one. Brennan Poole has a shiny Slay trophy sitting in his living room right now. He does. Yeah, but brighter than so, his blonde hair. And uh, Alex Bowman, by the way, if you did miss that somehow, he is out with a fractured vertebra and is out for three to four weeks. Yeah, not even from NASCAR. Um, it was from a dirt racing accident, apparently. It was from High Limit Sprint Car Racing, the series I went to. Uh, it was uh, at a, the next race in Iowa is where that happened at. And uh, they ended up having like a fill-in driver, so his car is still racing. He was uh, set to run the full season over there. So that's unfortunate for yeah, Bowman. and that brought up another kind of discussion of you know the same thing we talked about when Chase Elliott got hurt. These drivers doing extracurricular activities, and this is a little bit different because this is actually racing, which mm-hmm. people like. Uh, I think it was Jordan Bianchi or something who said like, "Oh, you know, unless it's something to perfect their craft, they shouldn't be doing it." I wonder what his take is on this. Um, and other oh, I'm people. Sure- yeah, so Gluck and Bianchi wrote an article, like co-wrote an article about this. I didn't read it, but Gluck said when he tweeted it out that they had very different opinions on it. So I'm sure Bianchi was like, this is just another example of why a team should yeah. crack down on this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I said that when personally, Chase got hurt. You go ahead. Personally, let the drivers do what they want. Yeah, they're humans. And, like, just let them live their lives, lives and... NASCAR, they make it more complicated with the whole waiver rule. I think they just get rid of the waiver waiver rule. Waiver rule, and then just waiver rule, waiver rule, and just do a case by case basis. Like, hey, I need to miss this because I have COVID or I have an injury. Then it's like, okay, NASCAR says you can miss this race. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than like, I don't know. It's like NASCAR drivers; they shouldn't be able to say, "Hey, I have a wedding." I'm going to miss this race. Like, no, you can't no. do that. You know? So I think they just need to get rid of it. You can't talk. Rid of the waiver system in general. And yeah. just try to say Ray Hall, Letterman, play. Lanigan now. <laughs> Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan racing. Ra- racing. I can do it. Racing. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I said this was Chase Elliott. Um, the drivers have to accept the responsibility with them doing this, and Alex Bowman has to accept the responsibility um, answer to, you know, ally that will not have their driver in the car next few weeks. They He has to answer to that. He has to accept the responsibility. Um, he can do... He can thing with that, yeah. thing with that, Zach, is that ally does sponsor his sprint car. Yeah. And they know that that's a risk. Yeah. And I think that they should, they're fine with that. If I figured, yeah, I think I'm, the snowboarding thing's different, but yeah. yeah. I figure Ally, in the way they are, anyways, I figured that's probably not an issue. But I'm just saying anyone else that might take issue with it. It's like whether if Rick mm-hmm. Hendrick or Jeff Gordon's coming at him, like, dude, really? Um, even though they let them yeah. do that in the first place, it's like, you know, I, that's, that's just what I said. I said that about Chase Elliott. I said, and well, and let's look at this comes back to bite him when it comes playoff time. If he doesn't get a win and it somehow costs him a playoff spot, he's got to bear, he's got to bear that responsibility. Right. And you know, it's so it's still a little bit unseen if Chase Elliott has had a, a little bit of a performance impact. I mean, where did he finish today? Actually? I didn't even see. I'm I don't know. Um, 
Oh well, I don't. I'm not going to pull it up now. But so, um, so we have one more little topic before yeah. we get to fantasy and wrap up this week's episode. Yeah. So Landon Castle started a bit of a conundrum on Twitter.com. He tweeted out that NASCAR drivers are the most versatile drivers in the world, which crazy does not sentence. mean most talented. Yes, crazy. It, it does sentence. not mean most talented, according to Lena Castle. Versatile just means they're more flexible. I get that. And being able to do whatever. Like, over, if and, you put, basically what he's saying, if you put a bunch of race car drivers in a competition from all sorts of motorsports, the NASCAR drivers are going to be the most consistent, basically. That's what he's yeah, saying, he, right? Like, I'm just, that's what Castle that's noted. What that means. Castle noted different racing styles, track types, and surfaces. And says versatility is his point, not skill or talent. When someone mentioned IndyCar, like, hey, IndyCar drivers are more talented. And Scott McLaughlin, the IndyCar winner, uh, quote tweeted, it's calling the tweet ignorant. Uh, and Bozy Taktaverik uh, replied with a picture of Jack Hawksworth, the former IndyCar driver and current IMSA driver, winning a stage in an Xfinity race, which I found funny. Yeah. Um, um- has Joey Logano so, won a World of Outlaws race? Because he has the Bristol Dirt win, so he's obviously a really good dirt racer, right? No, he Logano has not done that. He hasn't? No. Weird. Fucker. What? But he won a he so, won a no, but he won a dirt race in NASCAR. That doesn't make sense. I'm confused. Wait, is Chase Chase Elliott won the Formula One championship though, right? No, he did not. Hmm. So, you know that scene? You kind of alluded to this, kind of. You know the the Cars Two movie where they're like racing on all kinds of different tracks yeah. and it changes on the surfaces and all that. Landon Castle's basically saying, "I'm not." We're I'm Lightning McQueen. Mouth, He's saying that they're all Lightning McQueen, basically. He's saying that, yeah, NASCAR drivers would do best in a race like what you see in Cars Two. But you know, I don't think it's really fair to Landon Castle, quite frankly. But I just, I don't necessarily agree with this. I don't, because maybe you would have an argument for this about 15 years ago with NASCAR. But now I just don't think so because the cars are easier than ever to drive for the cup guys. And you have these IndyCar drivers who race on ovals, street courses, and road courses, and I know NASCAR will this year as well do all those things, plus a dirt race. One dirt race. But a lot of these IndyCar... (laughs) One dirt race. And these IndyCar guys, they also go over to IMSA, which is an entirely different discipline. It is. Over into sports cars, right? And go over and And win Scott Dixon, for example. Yep. They go over there and do just as good, and they win. Elio Castroneves. Yeah, and, and you see NASCAR guys occasionally do a sports car race, and they don't do as good. They don't. They struggle. They are the weak link of these teams, and that's fine. When they do, like, the Rolex 24, they are the weak link. I think it's... And that's fine, but I think that shows that they are not the most versatile. I think Because it's... you look at yeah. the IndyCar guys, they go over, and they can just go over and win. Scott McLaughlin, I think... If you want to go for a single driver, I think right now it's Scott McLaughlin. He could. He went over Scott from McLaughlin stock cars to could hop in an Xfinity car cars. and win. Yes. Yes. I agree. Like, I'm just saying. Um, my thing is, and I, well, I didn't realize he was saying not talent, which I guess I don't know. That doesn't. 
makes sense because versatility is talent. You know, I don't know, but mm-hmm. my kind of opinion is that NASCAR racing, being a good NASCAR driver, is not even like it's kind of a, a skill of survival and it's a skill of calculated aggression and almost like you're fighting with a race car at some of these races, mm-hmm. like Coda. Like Martinsville, or not Martinsville now, but, you know, the way it used to be. And it's yeah. to the point where it's like, I don't know if these drivers really know. Like, does Joey Logano, for example, does he know a perfect racecraft? Does he know how to perfectly... I mean, he probably does, but not the average NASCAR driver, you know? Like, because mm-hmm. you look at... Because road courses are basically just short tracks. I, I'm sorry, they basically are. Like... The way and they could drive these NASCAR cars, they don't drive anything like an Indy car, like an IMSA car, like a like they don't drive anything like the these other disciplines. They don't drive anything like what the World of Outlaws runs or what late models are on dirt. Right? Just because you put a cup car on dirt does not mean all these guys can go run the World of Outlaws. Right? It's just that's not what that means. It does not transfer over. Them running at the streets of Chicago does not mean that they can hit an open wheel car and go to Monaco or go to St. Pete or go to uh, go to Long Baku, Beach. Long Beach. That d- it's just they are completely different. So I think it's yep. a little. <sighs> I think it's a little, it's a little bold. silly. It's a little bold. I don't think there's really any evidence. I think yes, the track. I think the tracks are diverse. I don't think it actually requires that much of a diverse skill set to be honest that's a great point that's a great point. especially again when the racing right now is so focused on aggression and chaos even and you know these cars are not that hard to drive i think some of these guys are a little bit out of practice with true kind of car control um some of them Mm -hmm. not you know like kyle larson and christopher bell and alex bowman who drive real race cars but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just think that's kind of bold. Like, so if what he's saying is, you know, if you put these guys in some theoretical car car racing competition with all these different disciplines, I, I don't know if a NASCAR driver is winning it, to be honest. I think what NASCAR does is so NASCAR is such a different sport. I think that's the biggest thing. There is no motorsport like NASCAR. The way that they can race and the way that they do race, that doesn't transfer over to IndyCar. No. So, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, I I I don't know. I feel like this kind of discussion, whenever this comes up, this sort of thing, it's just kind of like why are we talking about this? There's almost because no way to motorsport... actually There's no evidence to yeah. suggest it anyways. This is impossible to calculate. Each motorsport is so different from one another. It's just like why are you talking about yeah. this at all? But I think the argument, if you're going to make an argument, it's for IndyCar, just because of half the damn field goes and runs sports cars all the time in something entirely different, and they can go kick ass over there, too. Yeah. Not That's to why mention, I would give the point to them. Not to mention all the guys from the FIA ladders, right? Roman Grosjean, Christian Lungard, Callum Eilat, yeah. right? Like, they can, they went and, you know, they did pretty well over in Europe and the other parts of the world in F1 and F2 cars and such, so... And then they True. come to IndyCar, and they're, what do you know? They're running top 10, so... And you know what? 
a little argument against what I'm saying, but also like it doesn't really matter. Dario Franchitti, amazing in IndyCar, went to NASCAR, didn't do that great. But again, NASCAR is just Danica so Patrick was yeah, yeah right. Danica Patrick, same thing. But Jen Jimmy Johnson, seven time champion, maybe our best of all time in NASCAR, went over the IndyCar. Of course, the latter half of his career didn't do as good. Same in sports cars. Yeah. And it's just it's all different. I don't I just don't think you can necessarily say this motorsport has the best talent, blah, blah, blah. It's just yeah. like it. And if you look at mm. certain drivers, like let's look at AJ Allmendinger. Let's look at Juan Pablo Montoya, Tony Stewart, Kyle mm-hmm. Larson. Yes, Tony Stewart, Kyle Larson, NASCAR champions. AJ Allmendinger, he, you know, almost won the Xfinity championship, but he's mostly, I feel like, known more for his open wheel success ish a little bit. Um, I guess not at this point. He almost point. won an Indy 500. Yeah. AJ Allmendinger almost won an Indy 500. Yeah. And then Montoya, NASCAR is not the first thing on his resume at all, right? So that's no. just more of like, it's not really a, I don't know if it's all the, it's not like it's a bunch of NASCAR drivers being Juan Pablo Montoya's. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. Um, it's just some different, you know, different, all the JPMs in the world, they start from different places, right? Um, and Kyle Larson and Tony Stewart, their, their background is a lot of dirt too. It's not even, you know, asphalt stock car racing. So, you know, um, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a dead argument. I don't even know why you say it. Cause again, what you said, IndyCar has the same schedule, even a, almost a better schedule with, um, you know, you just don't have the one dirt race, which who cares? It's it's a basically yeah. a joke of a race, anyways. So, um, yeah, disagree on that, but yeah, what the the Bristol so, dirt race being a joke? Well, I think they need a dirt race in NASCAR, but I don't think it should be at Bristol. But we've talked about that before. Yeah. So, and it was good this year, anyway. Yeah. I, it, yeah. Fantasy, good discussion on that. Yes. Um, fantasy, Zach's favorite time of the week. I just don't get it. So. You get another. You get your second win of the year, and I gave you Joseph at Texas. That was my mistake. Oh my God, you are two for two, um, or two for four. I can't count. Two for four, four for four in just terms mm-hmm. of beating me. But you have an eight point lead. I still have zero points on the board. Our next race is the NDGP in two weeks, and I will be doing some research to figure this one out. Um, well, you got time. I mean, listen, bu- I'm busy. Listen, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing graduation things. You got time. I might be underprepared. I made a Who good knows? pick. I made a good pick for Barber. I have to remember that. You I did. just have to just be consistent. I have enough races. I can make up these eight points. All I need is two wins, and I'm there, kind of. I just got to stay consistent. Yeah. I'm just a little frustrated with literally I pick the fastest guy yesterday, and he loses, and then he only gets beat by the guy you picked. So that's just a little frustrating. And then... and. For that to happen after we picked the same guy three times. Oh my god. That, Literally. It sucks. Yes. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. I'm actually legitimately frustrated because I am competitive. Like, I do want to win. Um, yeah. But I'll just keep going at it. I'm going to keep making some good, smart picks. Um, NASCAR at Kansas this weekend. So, at Dover, you picked Byron. He had a nice holiday. He actually dominated early, which made me a little nervous. And then Larson was... Man, if I would have swept the weekend... Jesus Christ, man. right? Larson finished um, 32nd after, you know, Ross Chastain accidentally got into Brennan Poole, right? Um, so now you mm-hmm. have a three-point lead on me in NASCAR. I've been starting to slip away a little bit. Um, Kansas this weekend. I have my pick ready. Um, okay. I, I looked a little before bit. We, yeah. Before we do our picks, a little recap on our points here. 
Uh, I have eight points in NASCAR as well, and you have five. Yes. So if you win, you tie it back up here yep. in NASCAR. Ooh, I just gotta stay stay consistent. Um, hopefully with my picks, but I think I like my Kansas one. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. I knew okay. you were gonna do that. Um, so I think mine was kind of predictable. Alex picked Tyler Reddick. I picked Kyle Larson once again. Actually, um, thing about Tyler Reddick, I just don't see. Yes, yes, that team, um, was very good at Kansas last year. Yes, Toyota was mm-hmm. pretty fast today with Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin's always been kind of up there, but. I ain't seeing a reason why Tyler Reddick's going to be the fastest guy. Kyle Larson, however, second there last year, won there 2021. Um, been fast all year if he just doesn't get in wrecks, um, apparently. I, I'm i riding the Kyle Larson train <laughs> another week because I think he's not going to get wrecked this weekend okay. and he's going to win. Um, So I'm going to stick with him. Fair. And, you know, Hendrick's always a good pick as well right now. Yeah. So... Kansas last year was swept by 2311 racing, and I know it's a whole different year. Uh, last year in the 45, Kurt Busch won, and and then in the 45, it was a 23, but also in the 45, Bubba Wallace won. So I'm going to just say the 45 gets three in a row. And Tyler Reddick, by the way, probably had the best car both races last year. For in the eight car last year, but then had an issue. Did he really? And yeah, like he was probably going to win the fall one, but then he had an issue and he was leading a ton in the spring until he again had an issue. Maybe so, that is a good pick, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a solid pick for Reddick and I don't know. I feel like Kansas, it's just not, I mean, in 2021, it kind of was, but it, Kansas is just kind of different from the other tracks. We don't normally see the status quo kind of happen here in recent years. So I feel like you're going to see Tyler Reddick win. I don't know if it'll be Hendrick Carr. I could be wrong. I mean, it wasn't a Hendrick but... Carr today. It wasn't even a Hendrick Carr fighting for the win at the right. end. So, But yep. also, that team's kind of in shambles at the moment. It's just Byron and Larson, the only ones that have not had like something happened to their driver. Yeah, true. I don't true. know. Reddick is a better pick now that you said. It. I mean, he was my other choice, but I'm just I just part of me wants you to let part of me wants to let you have Reddick and then I get Larson and I just, I feel confident in Larson this weekend. I mean, we've seen what he can do mm-hmm. um the series two wins. I will say is that I have never seen Kyle Larson win in person because I did not go to the 2021 up race and went to Xfinity. So I will be there. So Larson is yet to win with me at a race. So well I will be there though. Have you ever seen a driver Uh-oh. win multiple times? Yeah. Okay. Jimmy Johnson. Oh, I guess so, huh? Uh Joey Logano. Oh, I'm so I think sorry Kevin Harvick. You. So sorry. Well, actually, that's that's a good one to see. I know. Keep an <sighs> eye on Ryan Blaney though. Please. Blaney's a, a, always really good at Kansas. Please let me just beat Please you what? this weekend. Please. Please. He no. also has a, just a Hard really good emoji. average finish last three years there. Which I know Reddick yeah. had issues, but he'll have more issues this weekend, hopefully. So. I hope what, not. Where did he finish today at Dover? Like He was all like... 
I didn't like where he was running today at Dover. He finished seventh. Okay, he was lapped down at one point. Yeah, but we're not. No. But we're not going to Dover. We're going to Kansas. But that's just more like how they're performing. I mean, that's a good. We didn't even talk about how RFK had two cars in the top ten. True, they did, didn't they? It's a bunch of Toyota and Hendrick still at the front of the field with some sprinkles of other teams. So let me look at something really quick. I just want to win. Wrap up. I would like to win fantasy. You just for want one to week. win. I would like to win fantasy for one week. I think that would be very That's nice. Okay, I can. I can keep winning it. You no, I would like That's to okay. win. I think you had your fun. I have beat you in only three <laughs> races this year. I'm kind of over it. I would like to win. Please, Kyle Larson, can you please win a race? Again, when I actually pick you. So, at Las Vegas, I want to look at Vegas specifically. Bubba Wallace was fourth, and Reddick was 15th. Yay! It's like a Yay me! similar male and a half. <laughs> um, so I think Bubba Wallace, though, that's another one you could probably look out for if they have the same kind of speed, 2311. He's just so, too inconsistent. Be interesting. I don't think you can pick him to win. I'm not, that's why I'm not pick picking him, him to yeah. win because I, I just need consistency. I need someone that I know is going to finish up there, even though I just picked a guy that's finished um, 30th in the last <laughs> three of the last four races. But... Hopefully yeah, the drama is over really for him. His fault. Listen, I mean, yeah. Besides that, though, it's two wins: fourteenth at Coda, thirty-first at Atlanta, another wreck, fourth at Phoenix. So, I mean, his finishes when he's not getting involved in stupid stuff are literally just top fives. Like, right. please, for the love of God, just put together a race. That's all I'm asking you to. Can we please just have a nice, clean race at Kansas? Please finish second there last Team year. Dr- Team Dreamy, Zach, and Fantasy, please. I am do begging not the racing gods. Get their shit together. I am be- Shut up! You are so privileged. I am begging for a point. I'm comfy having a. Whole yeah, obviously. Race win cap, so. You're like, oh man, I really hope Zach's pick doesn't win with your eight point lead in IndyCar. Like, it matters. Yeah. Like, it matters. Uh, okay. Okay, Alexander. I want. I want to. You know what? Unlike Joseph, I want to clinch before Laguna. Okay, Alex. Oh, you already did that last year. So, congrats. I did. I did. Um, I did. Before we go, before we go, if you see me, uh, Kansas, say hi. Hit I'll give you a pin if you want one. <laughs> Hit me. Um, God. I'll tell. I'll tell everyone that uh, you, Zach, said hello. Uh, yes. If anyone says hi to me. Um, but yeah, come get a pin if you want. Say hi. I don't bite. I will destroy you at fantasy, obviously, though. So don't do that. Yay me! Yay you! All right. Leave us a rating Anything on Spotify else, and Apple. Um, it helps us out. helps us grow the podcast. And our numbers it are really still does. looking pretty good. So thank you guys so much for the support. Follow at Gay Racing Pod on Twitter and Instagram, um, because Twitter's going down any moment now. Elon Musk loves loves us, and follow me on Twitter at DreamyZachGP for more Ross Chastain hate. Follow Alex at NewGaden um, for more whatever you tweet about at this point. Follow also follow at Gay Racing Pod so that you can get live updates on when I lose fantasy. So.
Yes, those are my favorite tweets to make. By the you way, you have so much like, fun what making a those rough tweets. Weekend you forget I have TV. access to the account. You forget. You, ne- you never log in. I will. <laughs> okay. I never log in. Shut it. up. Shut up. As soon as you uh, lose in fantasy in two months, I'm going to make a tweet. In two months, yes. Okay. I'll have a big buffer. That's yes, fine. with I your you'll months. have a 14 point lead in IndyCar. Oh boy, I can't wait. Whatever, I can bring it back with the month of May. Mm. I got no th- double points. We don't do that. Well, we didn't do it in Neither the first does IndyCar. place. We didn't do it in the first place. No, I know. Yeah, I know. But but we FYI. we qualifying is its own event. Right? That's what we did. Yes. That, yes. That was our way of doing double points, but it wasn't really double points. But we'll still do We'll it. still do that. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun. It was fun. So Alright, y'all. We will see you guys next week to talk about NASCAR at um Kansas. I've talked about Alex's ra- is Jackson gonna be with us? He might. He might. It depends on when we do our it. Our tradition. Yep. Well, I I'll flex I my schedule so we, we can get Jackson on there. Okay. It's a tradition. We'll talk about it. We can't not. We'll we can't it. talk about a Kansas race and Jack. And then you can come up I with know. something where me and Jackson can argue. That'd be. Oh, that'd I be know. So like we gotta fun. do it. I was. Yes. I know. I, I was talking to Jackson about it last night. I'll. I'll talk to you about it. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. <laughs> Hopefully with Jackson. Bye bye. We're less weird.